0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Kobe and I, we were respectable friends. You know, a lot of people think you have to be best friends to win championships you don't. You just have to have the ultimate respect, and we definitely have that. I know LeBron. I think he's looking to pass Kareem. If he ties Mike, I think people are probably... Lean a little bit more towards LeBron being the best, the best player in the world. Cause I'm not like, getting shit for who? I can eat three burgers and bust anybody's ass. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, download, and make sure you leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode? Yo, Mac, is week 17
4: in the NFL, and you know a lot of things always come down to the wire like it is for us fighting for our playoff chances going up against the Rams this week. Also, we got a lot to talk about around the league. And we're going to talk to one of the biggest personalities, the most dominant man that ever played the game of basketball. Yes, I said it, the most dominant man that ever played the game of basketball. Shaquille O'Neal.
3: Diesel. Listeners and viewers, chopping it up. You know what time it is. First quarter of our show, chopping it up is a segment where we talk about, you know, funny experiences. We take a, a trip down memory lane, but this week with the first a few days away. And when you associate the first of the year, January 1st, that usually brings big time college football, bowl season, postseason as well. And both of us played for outstanding universities, LSU, Florida State. And the question that I have during this chopping up se- segment for Pat Pete, I know your listeners and viewers will love to hear your opinion about favorite or your best bowl memory. You played in three bowls at LSU. You guys are always competitive. So you always had a, uh, was a part of a nice bowl, but what's your best bowl or what's your best bowl memory? Oh, my best bowl And it, it doesn't necessarily year. have to be on the field. It could be, you know, because mm-hmm. one thing I love about bowl time, we got a lot of big-time gifts. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you got, got, got that bowl bag, gifts,
4: that swag. Got, yeah, you got gifts. You got an uh, opportunity, especially if you went to a good city, too. So yeah. my bowl games I went to, it was uh, Atlanta for the Peach Bowl my freshman year. Then we went to uh, Tampa. I think it was the Outback Bowl, and we love Tampa. The only thing I hate about that game, it, it it rained on the game, but the whole week it was it was phenomenal. In my last game we played in, uh, Cotton Bowl, we played against Texas A&M. But my favorite bowl game will have to be the Texas A&M, because I knew that was my last game playing, um, in the LSU Tigers uniform. But my favorite gift that I got, oh, it would have to be, uh, we had got these lazy boys. So, you know, when they come out, when you, you they always ask like the older guys on the team, what you think the, the team would like. And yeah. we had like PlayStations, a home theater system. A lazy boy, you know, they get, they have all options. So you get, we got an opportunity to pick two of them and we end up p- picking like the lazy boy in the home theater. So that was my favorite one because, uh, that, that was actually in my, la- uh, my last year. So I ended up leaving it, uh, I end up leaving it back and giving it to like one of the freshmen. Cause I didn't need it. I was going into the league. I was like, yeah, I can buy this <laughs> when, I get, when I get into the league and joint was my roommate. So joint ended up staying for his, uh, his senior year so he already had one so i ended up giving to giving it to one of the freshmen that end up coming in that year i think it was uh who did i give that to i can't even remember who i gave that to but it was a it was a young player who i ended up giving that to so those are my my bowl game memories but this is a a great time of the year for the kids to have an opportunity to feel like uh, uh to get that that they get that experience of you know having a, not a week off but having opportunity to, to enjoy another city getting that that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that big league feel because that's how we move around as being in, in, on the professional stage, you know, having an opportunity to get your work done and also have an opportunity, opportunity to explore the city as well. So yeah, bowl season is nothing like it, man.
3: Oh, no question. No question. I know for me, the orange bowl, I think was my first mean, year. I that. It was crazy. Oh yeah. So in our hotel, we had just in our hotel alone, we were, uh, where we were staying at, we had, uh, ice tea. Were, y- were y'all at found I- Blue? We were, no, we were at the dip- diplomat. Oh, diplomat oh, the, right there on yeah. uh, A1A. Yes, sir. Western diplomat. Exactly where that is. So just in our hotel alone. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You know we was we was amongst the stars. So mm. in our hotel we had iced tea and cocoa. They were staying in our hotel because granted, like I said, it was, you know, around the first. So people were celebrating, getting ready to celebrate the New Year's. Uh, yeah. Rosalind Sanchez, who I was a big fan of. I took a picture with her. Man, her hair smelled so good. I don't know what type of shampoo and conditioner she used, but boy, <laughs> I still had that scent on my nose. Uh, Rosalind Sanchez, the actress. Uh, we were so many superstars. And then at the game, you know, Tiger Woods was there. Uh Mm -hmm. Beyonce was there, just they were all on the sideline. And and that was like I was like, Okay, this is big time college football. Right. Um and I think the best best gifts I received was when we played in the Sugar Bowl we played University of Georgia in the Sugar Bowl we got laced up big time Nike gave us a whole bunch of new gear that hadn't dropped yet that was going to going to drop throughout the year uh we got a it got his nice leather uh Florida State luggage bag that I still have today uh-huh. extremely durable it, that was super dope we got a bunch of sweatsuits. uh we got some electronics at that time i think it was you know some new cd players cd i know it sounds like i'm old but back then <laughs> uh i the ipods hadn't really like dropped initially yet so it was still right. using cd players and stuff like that and some headphones but just being in new orleans alone and you know you went to uh, lsu so you know right. you know that experience so that was my first time really going to new orleans and spending time in new orleans and uh that was it was a beautiful city beautiful experience and we had so much food just being like you say when you go to a bowl site it's not just about playing football you get a chance to really see the city you know what i mean right. experience some of the city vibes and stuff like yep. that and I remember we were trying to you know we were trying to get into the casino. Uh what's the casino right across the street from the W Harris? Which Harris? Yeah Harris, 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 Harris. Yeah, we were trying to sneak into this uh casino. <laughs> uh we was over at that, that W in the lobby, you know, that W in the lobby used to be on point. Oh, Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my first that's my first time having some legit beignets too. Oh yeah, yeah right there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, Cuz you're not too far from the quarter either, the French Quarter. No questions, no questions. So the food was on point, but that was a real good experience because of the gifts and uh You know, just going to New Orleans, going to a place I've never been before and just being able to understand and learn more about their culture along with the food as well. So I think those were my two most memorable uh, bowl sites along with the bowl gifts. Okay, talking about our bowl memories this upcoming weekend, there are a slate of a lot of games, quality college football games, getting ready to take off some regular bowl games, but also playoff action as well. The four teams in the playoffs, you got Alabama going against Notre Dame. Uh, you got Clemson going against Ohio State. And when it comes to the betting angle, I know, Pat, right now you're not really involved in that, but I am. And I love to be able to fulfill the need for our listeners and viewers that are watching us that love to partake in a few gambling opportunities. So the, the line in the Alabama game, Alabama, they're giving Notre Dame 19 and a half points. And in the, in the next, in the first game, I think the first game is Clemson. Right, Clemson and Ohio State, they're giving, Clemson is giving Ohio State seven and a half. So I'm not going to associate the betting line with you because you're currently an NFL player. But just from your overall, you know, thought process and your opinion about the game, who you like in both matchups, not Um, associating the money, the the betting angle, who
4: do you like? Um, I like, I like Clemson, Alabama. They're the the two top dogs in, in college football. And it's always been like that for the last, you know, what? Eight, seven years, you know, is this between those two and you might have, I think they were the only two teams to win championships in the last five years. And, and besides LSU, if I'm not
3: mistaken, huh? Yeah, yeah, you got, you got Bama, LSU Clemson. last year, Clemson, yeah, I, I would say, yeah. So, and the, you know, it's, in the last yeah, time, yeah, I and think that's correct. Them, I mean, it's it, it was
4: Florida State, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Florida State won in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep. so I
4: think from after that, it's been Alabama, Clemson, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those those two teams just got a little bit too much for uh um, both of their opponents that they're playing. So I'm gonna go with uh, Alabama, Clemson, and the money line. Um, yeah. I think 19 and a half is uh, is a lot. Yeah, that's the spread. It it it, it, yeah. it is a lot. But you, man, I'm telling you, that dog on that dog on Nick Saban and his crew. I mean, I know that they never really cover spreads like talking about, but I just think they're gonna just out physical Notre Dame and just run the ball down their throat into where it's gonna open up. So many deep balls for the quarterback.
3: See, Josh. my my thought process with that with that game, nineteen and a half is a bit much. Right. And Alabama has been scoring almost fifty points uh right. every game, right? Forty eight to be exact, if I'm not mistaken. My concern is I know Alabama's gonna win, I agree with you. But at some point in time, if they got a nice lead, I would expect to see Nick Saban get ready for the championship game. You know what I mean? So pull some of his dogs nah, out. Nah, I think he's gonna run I think he'll run it up, man.
4: But you, if, you, if, you if can't, they, if you can't
3: risk off. it for an injury though. That's the thing. No, nah, man. That's the thing
4: too though. Cause you don't want to take that fire away. Like, you know what I mean? That, 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 whatever you got going on, like keep it going. That's just what LSU did. You know, we play Oklahoma. No, nah, we, st- we going to keep the gas on your ass. You yeah. We we got something rolling. We ain't trying to mess up this timing. Cause now you get another quarterback in there. Obviously might not gel the same, but something just might just knock something off just a little bit. You know what I mean? So you just want to keep those guys on the same field at all the time, communicating and just being on all on, on all cylinders. So I, I say, man, if they do got a big league, keep it going. Because now yeah. you're going to be able to open up more stuff for for the next week's game that you that you probably would was scared to call.
3: Now you can call it. You know what I mean? So yeah. see if they play <clears throat> work. And hey, there you have hey, listeners and viewers, you just got some quality gambling insight here on all things covered. So you can thank us later. You sent us a, a welcome, a welcome card or whatever it is you might win off of our, uh, expertise and our thought process. But yeah, Bama's gonna cover, Clemson's gonna cover, but it's all about, are you willing to lay the 19 and a half or the seven and a half? Yo, now it's time for Cardinals check in. And here's where we recap the most recent ball game with the Arizona Cardinals. That ball game happened this past Sunday at home against the san francisco 49ers the final score 20 to 12 in favor of the san francisco 49ers uh the second half throughout the year has been a struggle for you guys offensively and defensively uh the 49ers i'm sorry that wasn't sunday that was saturday that was uh this past saturday uh the 49ers 49ers had success against you guys on saturday um you look at some of the numbers, right, Pat P the first nine games of the season, you guys are six and three, uh offensively averaging around twenty-nine points per ball game. Total yards uh averaged over 400, 425 to be exact. In the last six ball games, you guys have been two and four, uh only averaging twenty-two points per ball game. Uh total yards dropped to three hundred and fifty. You know, what 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 has been the issue when you look at the last six ball games compared to the first nine? In
4: my opinion, just looking, you know, being on the field and looking at it from the sideline, just think getting off to two, too many slow starts. I know, you know, you have, it's, it's a 60 minute game, but you never want to really dig yourselves in holes if you can prevent those, if you can, can prevent that. So yep. I think the biggest thing about the second half of the season is just starting off too slow and, and not really getting, getting out of fourth gear until it's too late. You know what I mean? So we just have to I believe we just found, found ways to, to, to dig ourselves, put ourselves in situations to where, you know, it was just a little bit too late to try to figure our way out of it. So, you know, this last game here is going to, it means a lot. It's all for, it's for all ball tomorrow. It's literally is win or go home. This is a playoff game. So, you know, the good Lord has, has been on our side throughout this whole season because we had opportunities to solidify ourselves, a playoff spot. And we also had opportunities to where we shouldn't even have been in the position that we are in right now. So mm-hmm. we got to make sure that we uh, we make the best of this opportunity, man, because, you know, it's very sudden that you have an opportunity to to play for a playoff spot. And also, you never know when you're going to get back to that, have that opportunity again. So this game is huge. Whatever happened in those last six games at the end of the day it really don't matter. You know, what I mean, we got this last game here Sunday against the Rams that we all have to lay it on the line to where now it. If we win this game, the postseason, that's a whole new season. So those 17 games that we had uh, throughout, I mean, those 16 games that we had throughout the regular season, now that's all behind Those are all uh, learning experiences. Now we're in the playoffs. Now it's really, you know, it's really all, it's everything that's on, everything's on the line. That stuff don't matter. Now you're in a new season to where anything can
3: happen. Mm-hmm.
4: So we just got to get in, man, and, and reboot and see what happens after that.
3: And when you look at that San Francisco ball game, I mean, Jeff Wilson had a field day. He ran for a hundred a career high, 183 yards, fewest points scored by the Cardinals this season. Uh, Colin Murray, you know, he's a bit up and down, 31 of 50, 247 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, fourth game this season where Murray has averaged five yards per rushing attempt or fewer. Uh, seemed like he's not running the football as well as he did early in the year. Uh, one bright spot I would like to highlight, clearly you weren't very, very active. They didn't really target you a lot. But it seemed like you did some positive things on a special team standpoint. Robbie Gould, uh, a guy who's been playing for quite some time, who I know personally, one of the more accurate kickers throughout the National Football League. He missed the field goal and he missed the extra point. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like you rushing off the edge had something to do with that. And one thing I know about a lot of veteran players, you know this as well. You know, you're a 10-year vet. You've been an all-pro. You've been a pro bowler throughout your career. But when you have an opportunity to impact the game on a special teams, you you go at it full throttle. And it, you didn't block the kick, but did you realize you actually affected the kick? Um, I think I did, man, because, um, you know, obviously
4: me and Robbie, we got a, uh, with him being with the 49ers, we have a long, long relationship. You know, I probably, I think Robbie probably missed the most kicks against us, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken. I, I'm serious. We might want to pull that stack, that stack up, um, because I believe I blocked. I know I blocked one from, uh, of him, maybe, no, actually that was, uh, uh, that was Phil Dawson who I blocked, but I never blocked, uh, one from, from Robbie, but I affected a bunch of kicks to where the snapper dropped it or when he, he tried to pull it away from me. Like there was a couple of, kick, a couple of those kicks, he was trying to kick the ball away from me. And it was another one where he was trying to like to kick it out on the outside of the, uh, of the goalpost and try to like curve it back in, but it yep. just stayed out there. So. And we know Robbie. You know, we get this stat every year. You know, the time that the the kicker kicks the ball off, and Robbie was about around a one three. So any kicker that I know that's around like a one three, a one two seven, that I got a pretty good opportunity of uh, of affecting the kick. So um we knew, obviously, playing against Robbie for I think it's my, like my sixth time playing against him. So we got uh, we, we play against those guys a lot. And like I said, with him having that timing of a one three. I have a a better opportunity making that, making my presence felt on him trying to tip the field goal.
3: Yep. And that's just as good as blocking it. Basically Mm -hmm. you don't get your hands on a kick, but he knows you're coming and he's trying to rush it. So it may, may mess up his rhythm a little bit. So that's the same thing as blocking the kick. Now it's time for Rams look ahead. I know you highlighted the Rams, uh, this upcoming ball game. I can tell you this much. The playoffs start right now for you guys because you win, you keep playing, you lose, you go home. This is the ultimate Game 7 situation in the National Football League. You have another opportunity to continue to play. All you have to do is win. One thing we know about these two teams, right, especially with Sean McVay coaching the Rams, he's never lost to the Arizona Cardinals. He's undefeated against the Cardinals. Both teams understand what's at stake. You win, you go. Uh, You keep playing. You lose, you go home. We heard the news that Jared Goff will not participate. Uh, You have John Walford a undrafted free agent back in 2018 from Wake Forest making his first official start. You guys don't have any film on, John. So how do you game plan and study for a quarterback you have no professional film on?
4: Man, you know, that's one of the scariest things, man. You <laughs> don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like, and and I, he, I'm
3: hearing he's pretty mobile, too. So, yeah, you know, they might yeah. try to get him out of space.
4: Man, that's how it was against Jalen, Tua. Yep. You know, yep. It was just, you didn't know what to expect because they came into a, a, their first start watered down game plan. And, and obviously, you know, that next game, they're going to be a little bit more comfortable with them. So they're going to do a little bit more and that's what they did. So you don't know what to expect, but I think um that's on our, on our side is that John, um, like you said, never really played an NFL. I don't think he has an, yeah, never played in NFL game. So I think this truly will be a watered down game plan for him. But at the end of the day, that's what the Rams do anyway. They do, they do simple stuff. It's just, yep. it's all about you know, your eyes and being disciplined. You know, they, if he's mobile, they're going to do the same thing they did with Jericho, roll them out, boots, boot screens, try to steal your eyes, give us those old oh shit plays to where you got tight ends hiding now, sneak, sneaking out the back, the mm-hmm. backside. You know, so that's, those are things that we have to be prepared for. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't think nothing's going to change Yeah, because like I said, their offense is, it's all moving parts to where the quarterback is not back there, you know, dicing nobody up unless they're down. So mm-hmm. we have to make those guys uncomfortable. We have to win on first down. We have to get off the field on third down. Obviously we have to minimize the points in the red zone. So if we're able to do those three things, I think we will have a great opportunity to win the ball game.
3: Yeah. And contain is going to be important for the defense because I believe they're going to try to get John out in space to utilize yeah. his mobility, uh, to give him some Easier throws to get things in line and get a rhythm going for him. And also too, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised they expect a lot of inside throws, you know, slants, cool. curls instead it's of attacking the outside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's those are easier throws for quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that lack experience. You don't want them attacking the numbers or the sideline with deep outs and deep comebacks because those are rhythm right. throws. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for a guy Close that ball. lacks
4: experience. Those balls seem to sail a little bit too.
3: No question. And that's what you want as a defender. You want those balls to sail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of inside throws, you know, give him opportunity to, with play action to bring up the, the linebackers to commit to the run and try to attack you guys over the middle of the football field inside the 20. Real quick before we, uh, get to around the league, you know, uh, Kyler Murray was injured towards the back, uh, the latter part of that ball game this past Saturday against San Francisco. What's his status, uh, with his injury?
4: You know, Mac, I really don't know his status, but um, I think he's okay. Um, I think he'll be okay and ready to go. Um, I know Kyle is a, is a competitor. He knows what's on the line right now, what's at stake, what we can do and where we can go after this game. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll be suited up for us. But um, I couldn't tell you his uh, uh, his exact status, you know, but for me, knowing him, I know he'll be uh number one, will be suited up Sunday when uh, when it's time for the ball to be kicked off.
3: I know the fans, Cardinal fans, clearly happy to hear that because you will need him out there. He needs to be the Kyler Murray uh, that was in the MVP conversation throughout the year to be able to advance to the second round of playoffs. Because, like I said, this is basically round one for you guys, <laughs> the Rams and the Cardinals. This is basically round one in the playoffs. Now it's time for Around the League. Listeners and viewers, here's what we talk about. All the big time news that's associated with the National Football League uh, coming from Washington, Washington Football Club, former starting quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, two weeks ago at the loss, he was photographed at a party or strip club last week without a mask. Uh, he was fined 40,000 and he was stripped of his captaincy. Cut on Monday after the loss to the Carolina Panthers. Now, Pat P, Haskins tweeted out. I take full responsibility for not meeting the standards of, of an NFL quarterback and I will become a better man and player because of this experience. Number 15 overall selected player in the 2019 draft. He was three and 10 as a starter over two seasons, 12 touchdowns, 14 interceptions in that ball game that he got benched in in, in against Carolina. He had two bad first half interceptions, Pat P. He only completed 50% of his passes. Were you surprised to hear that they cut Dwayne Haskins after that loss?
4: I would like to say I was, but then looking at the numbers, and obviously with us knowing that, and with the head coach that they have, you know, during this time of what the the world, this time of the world is in right now, and being an icon that he is in his community, we have, we know we can't do certain things, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things, obviously, that we can't do. We can't be in, in an environment with 10 of plus people, I think it's 10, 15 plus people. And, uh, and obviously without any mass, I mean, yeah. you know, um, that was one of the things that was, I believe that was a non-negotiable place to go. I believe like nightclubs, bars and things like that. So like he knew what he was getting into and obviously, you know, where is this, this thing right here, you know, no this, question. it ruined a bunch of lives, man. And, and being in, in, in one of the major cities that he is in, obviously people know who you are. And they probably weren't even doing it out of hurt. They were like, Oh, Dwayne, yeah, let, you know, let's get a picture of Dwayne or a video or whatever, or, or whatever it may be. So, uh, I just thought it was very, very, uh, foolish on his part, you know, just not, not thinking the situation through clearly. You know, mm-hmm. I think he said it was what his girlfriend's birthday party, I believe, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly why he was there, but my yeah. thing is this, you know, after a loss, the last thing you should want to do is be out having fun. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and that, that's an issue that I have. Granted, your life goes on, but that ball game, he didn't play well and they lost. And right. you're at the moment in your season where everything counts, right? It counts. Like so, you,
4: play, you play for a playoff spot.
3: And you're, you're the your quarterback. Division. See, one thing people don't understand and some people do understand when you play the quarterback position, you can't do things that wide receivers do or linebackers or running backs. You got They look at you and hold you to a different standard. That's why quarterbacks get paid the most money because right. you're you'll very, see, very important. You. Yeah, you can't do some of the things that some of your teammates do because you looked at differently. And then if you're going to have these mishaps and these miscues, understand you have no room for error. One thing we know about the National Football League, if you're a baller, if you're an elite light player, you have room for error. They will allow you to mess up and do things that you're not supposed to do because they know when you get in between the lines, you're going to ball out. Right? I lie, James Harden. No question. Some <laughs> people don't get treated the same. We know that in any profession, any uh right. employment opportunity. If you're bringing in big-time numbers, they might be okay and you showing up late here or there. But if you're not bringing in big-time numbers, no, you better be on point. And me personally, if he plays well against Carolina and they win that ball game, he don't get yeah. cut.
4: Right. He don't get I cut. They take his captain, but I don't think he get
3: cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's not a captain anymore.
0: I, and That's
4: why I said that, you know, I wasn't surprised going back looking at the numbers being three of 10 as a starter, 12 touchdown, 14 picks. And you, they're giving you opportunities, putting, uh, you know, a, a coaching staff around you, putting, you know, talent around you and you just continue to drop the ball. So I just thought that's when it was just like, you know, the, I don't know if it was a round table boat or whatever. It was just, all right, enough is enough. We you got to get out
3: of here. Yeah, and also too, last thing about this situation with Dwayne Haskins, man, your head coach Riverboat Ron was battling cancer in the beginning of the year. That's extremely serious, right? And you out, you know, as the old people say, you out gyrating around with no mask on. (laughs) Gyrating, (laughs) gyrating, you know, that's what old folks. So you out here gyrating around with no mask on. You know, you just you don't. It's not just about your teammates. But you put your coach in harm's way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I was a player on that team with why should I feel some type of way, you're like, man, like you couldn't wait for a few weeks in a few weeks when the season could be over and we either in the playoffs or we're not in the playoffs to do whatever you want to do to gywe around town and with no masks on. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that I think got that that hit home for that organization when all the support yeah. that Riverboat Ron has received and you know being battle tested with that serious issue, health issue, and you go out and do that. Number one, quarterbacks, you can't do that. Number two, you got to be smart and understand the moment that you're currently involved in. And other news associated with the Dwayne Haskins story. I don't know if you saw this or you heard about the statement that Booger McFarlane made uh, regarding Dwayne Haskins, ESPN football analyst. Uh He said on Monday Night Football, he claims black athletes, they're more concerned about their brand. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this statement. The same can be said for our listeners and viewers watching us. You know, Uh this is his statement, Pat Pete. He said... They come into this league, and when he says they, when he said they, I assume he's talking about black athletes, black NFL players. They come into this league and ask themselves the wrong thing. They come into the league saying not how can I be a better player. They don't say how can I be a better teammate. They don't say how can I be a better person. How can I get my organization over the hump? Here's what they come in saying. They come in saying how can I build my brand better? How can I build my social media following better? How can I work out on Instagram and show everybody that I'm ready to go? When I get to the game, I don't perform. Dwayne Haskins, unfortunately, is not the first case that I've seen like this and won't be the last. And it bothers me because a lot of it is the young African-American player. They come in and they don't take this as a business. It's still a game to them. How do you feel about Booger McFarlane's statement regarding players more concerned about their brand and their social media following than being a professional on and off the football field?
4: You know, you know, this day and age is different. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, you know, I can see, I can sit on both sides. You know, I came into the league to where, where it wasn't really none of that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I can't, I believe I came into the league. I was like one of the last of the dying breeds to where. When I came into the league, the average age was like 27 years old. Now the average age in the league is like 24, you know, if that. I was just looking at crazy stuff. I was just looking at the Rams, uh, year of experience on their team. The oldest guy of year of experience is Woods, and he's seven years in. Everybody else was four, three, had like four rookies on the roster. So everybody's coming up in today's world with social media is like the hot thing. You know, some people feel like social media can help build their brand for things like after football, you know, for things so you know, so like guys like Odell for an example, he's he's big into fashion, he's big into to watches, and he's big into all of those things. So by him putting them putting other companies out there, it gives him more leverage of of getting things. So it just yep. I just think it's just the athlete using their platform because at the end of the day, that's what, that's, that's what this world has come down to is using your platform to your, to your best of ability. Now, if they, if they don't come in and, and don't want to have the mindset of, you know, how can I become, how, how can I be a better player? How can I make my team better or ter- make this organization better? That's out of your hands because everybody got different mindsets. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's something, obviously, you know, that was something that was on his mind. That's something that he sees and that's his opinion. But at the same time, you can't you know I mean everybody's different, everybody got different mindset everybody everybody thinks different, everybody got different goals so if, and, and i see it I see it all the time, you know, I've seen it in you know in the last five years, what guys and not in my locker room is just you know, I've been around the league in the off season seeing things seeing some of those things that he's talking about. So everybody's different and and everybody like to get their their message across a little bit different. So, um, you know, you can't fault them. You can't fault them. All you can do is just look at it from a distance and, and go about your business a different way.
3: Yeah, and, and uh here's my take on it. Real quick, listeners, don't forget, viewers, we have Shaquille O'Neal joining us later in the show. Big Shaq Diesel will be joining us uh, to talk about the NBA, his career, Lakers, Kobe Bryant, and et cetera. So make sure you stay tuned for that interview. You don't want to miss it. But right now we're talking about Booger McFarlane and his statements uh, he made Monday night regarding Dwayne Haskins saying uh, African-American players are more concerned about their brand and their social media following. Now, here's my take on his point the point he tried to make he made it a racial thing and i don't agree with that the reason why i don't agree with that because i see guys like baker mayfield every weekend he's on so many commercials right progressive commercials i mean every weekend we're seeing baker mayfield capitalizing on his brand away from the football field that comes with the territory when you're playing the national football league and you're a starter and you're playing a very very important position you will get opportunities who are you to tell that individual? No, don't do it when that's bringing in more revenue, bringing in more financial opportunities to you and your family. That comes with the territory. Number right. two, what happened with Dwayne Haskins has nothing to do with his trying to create a brand off the football field to generate commercials and whatever the case may be. This man was in a club, right? He was in a club. He got right. a, a photograph with no mask on. That's not, that has nothing to do with branding, in my opinion. Right. Secondly, When he said they come into this league and ask themselves the wrong thing, they come into the league saying not how can I be a better player. When he said they, he's stereotyping every African-American player. That's that's wrong because there are a lot of African-American quarterbacks that do things the right way. You play with one, Kyler Murray, quality guy on off the football field. Haven't heard anything negative associated with Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson, big-time player on and off the football field. Haven't heard anything associated, negative about Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson, who from Broward County. You know Lamar Jackson. I mean, Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. Why you can't put everybody in the same car with Dwayne Haskins, who made a big, costly mistake, but you can't sit here and say they. like that. Basically, he said every Mm -hmm. African-American NFL player comes in with the wrong mentality. Yeah. Their mental game is concerned and worried about the wrong thing. Brandon, social media following. That's not the case, Booger. You should know better than that. And stereotyping is something that no one has the right to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't put everybody. That's an umbrella statement. You can't put everybody in that statement, in that category. Right. And that's why I, I
4: disagree with him. Right. Because I know I didn't come in the lead thinking like that. I came in the lead thinking, how can I possibly get to Canton? <laughs> like, yeah. And my, and my thing in. is
3: this. How do you know Dwayne Haskins is more concerned about that than anything unless you right. personally know him? Because I don't know. I don't follow him on social media. And the incident that we're talking about, he was at the wrong place at the right. wrong time. You can't do that. Right? right. And like I said, he don't get cut if he balls out. Right. Because if they felt if they had an issue about what he what he did, he would have got released instantly. But they gave him an opportunity to right his wrong, right? They gave him an opportunity to right his wrong. He prepared, getting ready for Carolina. He didn't prepare well enough. They lost the ball game. He got benched. Then they cut him. So me personally, you see what he's trying to say, Burger. but I disagree with his entire statement. Number one, every African-American does not have that thought process. Every black quarterback does not have that thought process. And this is not a racial issue. This is an issue throughout professional sports because as a professional you get other opportunities to create mm. a bigger brand for yourself it's up to you if you want to capitalize on that or not some players do some That's players right. don't i mean we see aaron Rodgers on state farm commercials you know what i mean and i'm not comparing aaron Rodgers, but you know people get opportunities you have many endorsements associated mm. with you because of what you do in the football field heck you had endorsements pat when you got drafted before you even right. played one down it happens right, right? Yeah. so i don't think it's fair to sit here and say that's something that African-Americans deal with in a wrong way because it's not just African-Americans professional players get these opportunities. So me personally, uh, this could be an ongoing debate, but I love hearing your take. And I know our listeners and viewers probably have something to say about that as well. So you can tweet at us and give us your opinion about, uh, what you feel with the Dwayne Haskins situation. I wasn't surprised he got cut and also too with Burger McFarlane in his statements. Now listeners and viewers, it's time for halftime. Uh, but before we go to break, I would like to remind you guys, viewers, you can get more All Things Covered content, podcasts, anywhere they're found, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. YouTube, youtube.com slash All Things Covered. Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Twitter at ATC Covered Pod. ATC, all caps, P, capitalized as well. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you leave us a five star rating as well. Now we get ready to go into halftime, but when we come out of halftime, instead of jumping right back on the gridiron, we're going to get on the basketball court. And Pat P used to hoop a little bit back in his day. I know I used to hoop a, hoop a little bit as well, but we're playing against one of the biggest of the biggest in the NBA. He's still a big time personality away from the, away from the ball game as well, doing his, doing his commentating thing on TNT inside the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal will be joining us here on the show. All things covered.
0: Make sure you stay tuned.
1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
4: Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have one of the biggest stars and one of the best NBA players to ever play the game. He's a four-time NBA champion, three-time Finals MVP, a 2000 NBA League MVP, a (laughs) 15-time All-Star, a pro basketball Hall of Fame, and most importantly, an LSU Tiger, Shaq Diesel. What's happening, baby?
2: First of all, you forgot to say the best LSU Tiger, but that's okay.
4: (laughs) The best LSU Tiger to ever to land, to be in Baton Rouge, Shaq Diesel. How you doing,
2: baby? First of all, young brother, I want to say I'm proud of you, brother. You're doing your thing. Uh, tell your family I said hello and, uh, may God continue to bless
4: you. I appreciate that, Shaq. Man, we know 2020 has been, been kind of crazy and tough for all of us. And obviously, you know, we're missing, I know someone very, very dear to you and being a fan from afar. Uh, Kobe being bright, but um, what have you learned throughout this twenty twenty year?
2: Well, before I lost Kobe, I lost my sister. Mm. And I learned that if you have something to say to somebody, say it. I was so busy working, trying to take care of the family and just trying to you know continue to build business that I only got to see my sister four or five times last year, which is wow. which is a shame so uh after she passed away, I moved my mother, my other sister, my other brother around the corner. So now I get to see them all the time. And right. it's just that. Uh, and I always tell kids, listen to your parents. My parents have always been there for me. My dad passed away about eight years ago, but my mother is the controller of my program. And it was nice that I hadn't played in 10 years, but I could still go in any neighborhood and say, Mama, pick a house. And she picked the biggest one, and I paid for it cash. No nothing. I said, I-, I need you close to me. Did the same thing for my other brother. Did the same thing for my sister. But Kobe and I, we were, we were respectable friends. You know, a lot of people think you have to be best friends to win championships. You don't. You just have to have the ultimate respect. And we definitely had that, but we definitely should have communicated more, you know, at least once a week, what you're doing? Hey, what's up? You know, we're so busy doing our thing and, you know, trying to take care of us that, you know, after we leave the field, after we leave the court, we go our separate ways. And that's understandable too, but I just wish I could have said, something to him because yeah. I was in the gym working out with my son and it happened the day after LeBron broke his record. So the next day the they TMZ reported and I was like, man, it's just somebody messing around on the internet. Right. Uh, I got the call from the Laker people and they said, it happened? I just, I just broke all the way down. Cause like we, I should have been able to just call them and say, what's up? boom, boom, boom. Cause we went through great times and we, we went through 90% great times, 10% bad times. But of course they're only going to report the 10%. And I was probably at fault for that because it's all about marketing. I want, I wanted, I wanted all eyes on me. I wanted all eyes on the Lakers. So he would say something, I would say something, and I would just bring all eyes on the court. But look, we won three out of four. So if I had to all over do it again, what would I change? I would change nothing. As the leader of the team, I had to do what I had to do to get him going. And as a young guy that had the, the fire, the, the fire and the animosity, he did what he did to, to get me going. Get me going. That's why we're the most dominant big to little one-two punch ever created. The most enigmatic, the most controversial, the most dominant one-two <laughs> punch ever created.
3: Hey, and, and I can tell you this much, Shaq, man. Me and Pat, we love the Lakers. And, and, and watching how you and Kobe dominated was a thing of beauty. And clearly, you know, he was a big time, uh, influential player for a lot of players. You know what I mean? And the same could be said for you, but, When you look at your relationship with Kobe Bryant, what, it's a two part question for you. What is your most memorable moment with Kobe? Something that you might not have shared before. And what, what is the funniest story you have involving Kobe Bryant as well?
2: Well, the most memorable moment is when he came in at 17, he wanted to be the best ever. He was like, Hey man, (laughs) chill, relax. (laughs) You're going to get there. And we had to, you had to like let him go. Because, you know, people always go back to the Utah game where he shot those three air balls. He's mm-hmm. one, he's in always, Utah. Yeah, he's the only guy that wanted to shot. He wanted to be great. He wanted to be in that moment. And when he missed, I was the one that grabbed him and said, hey, everybody laughing at you now. For one day, people are going to fear you when you get the ball the last second. So, yeah. no, it was it was me being the big brother, bringing him along the proper way. And, you know, we bump heads. Look, if you got brothers and siblings or teammates, you always going to bump heads. Oh yeah. I've never seen, I've never seen nobody have a, have a perfect relationship at one They Maybe, maybe the Spurs, because they're like the, you yeah. know, they're like, <laughs> they're like the goody two shoes. But other than that, look, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Mike and Scotty go at it. Mike and Dennis going That's what you got to do to get your teammates going. That's what, you know, leaders do. The funniest moment is that, like he was just, you would always say he's going to be the Wilson for the NBA. You would always say that the age 17. And it reminded me of myself. The guy had goals. He had aspirations. Everything he said he was going to accomplish, he accomplished.
4: Obviously, I know you said you you and Kobe was the best dynamic one-two punch ever. But you also played with another dynamic player, Flash, in uh, Wade County. How would you compare the, the two and, uh, and, and, and with plan with both of them?
2: All the guys that I played with, the great point guards, they all had that, that one thing. They all had the killer instinct. A lot of people forget Penny was Kobe before Kobe. Right. People forget that. And I and I, and I can truly say if we would to have stayed together longer, we probably would have did the same thing that me and Kobe did. Mm-hmm. Penny was that, that type of player. Uh, and then there was Kobe. And then there was D-Wade. So when I got to Miami, I sat D-Wade down and I said, look, a lot of stuff has been said about me. We're going to put this on the table right now. It's your team. You go ahead. I'm older. I seen what you can do. I seen what type of player you You the man. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what you do. You already know what I'm going to do. Right. It's your team. So in case the media try to hold that, I ain't trying to take none of them. I'm just trying to win. It's your team. It's your organization. I'm joining you. I see. I, I didn't build this. Mm-hmm. The thing in LA, I helped build that. So it was my team. But here it's your team. You do what you do. I'm going to give you 28-15 in the playoffs. I'm going to try to get a little more. So let's go win this thing. So. We had that relationship from the start. Cause I told him, I said, look, all that little nonsense that, that went on, that don't need to go in, here. I'm tired of that. More than now. I know what I gotta do when I got the blueprint. Pat Riley got the blueprint. We gonna teach you the blueprint. Boom, bang. And, uh, it was a pretty good relationship. You know, it just, it's just, just funny how the business of basketball kicks in sometimes. Cause I'm the like type that, look, if it, it ain't gonna be done my way, send me somewhere else. Cause I got to be in charge cause if, if I do it your way and it don't go right, I still get blamed. Mm-hmm. So if I don't get blamed, it got to be done my way. So then right. I got traded and I was older. I understood it, but I, I'm just glad that I was able to, you know, to get four, one to get five, one to get six, but. Four is pretty good. I got four more than Charles Barkley. That's all I care about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
3: you let Charles know it every night, too. You guys be on (laughs) set together, man. Y'all hilarious, by the way. (laughs) Y'all be giving Charles hell, nothing but hell, man. Speaking of D-Wade, there was a a viral video that uh, surfaced, I think, a day or so ago. Uh, He was playing one-on-one with his son. And currently, your son, Sharif, plays at LSU. Uh, What type of sports dad are you?
2: I'm the type that I don't put pressure on my niggas. I tell them all the time, look, we don't need another crazy basketball player. I need a surgeon. I need a hedge fund operator. I need a Fortune 5 CEO. I need somebody that owns a law firm. If you want to play, I have all the answers to the test. This is what you should do. So, you know, they know that they just go out there and have fun. And I taught them early, pressure is where you don't know where your next meal is from. One day after a game, I was playing the New York Knicks. I had a terrible game. My father said, get your ass on the plane and get home now. I got home, I was like, yes, yeah, sir. He said, what, what What happened? You couldn't take the pressure? I was like, yeah, I just, you know, the pressure got to him. He said, get your ass in the car. So we go in the car. And there was this homeless family that he used to take care of. It was a guy and his wife and two kids, and they were just out in the middle of the street. They had a little cardboard box house. He said, this is pressure. God damn it. Then he tells me to get out the car. We get there like 12 o'clock. He said, get out the car. I said, what? He said, take care of them." So I got the guy uh, a place to stay for a year. I found out that the guy was, you know, pretty good in, in the garden world. So I hooked him up with, with a guy that, you know, had his own garden service. Got the guy a job, took him to Best Buy, got him some TV, got him some furniture, and was able, you know, to take care of that family. But I realized that when you get paid, you sign that guarantee contract, that ain't no pressure. Now you just got to go out to perform and say, okay, if they paid me all this money. I'm going to try to get some new money. Or I have to, you know, let the people know that I'm worth this money. For example, in your sport, when I saw Mahomes get that 500, I was <laughs> jealous, but that boy balling.
4: No doubt about it.
3: That boy that balling. He,
2: he he very, penny Ooh, of it, boy.
3: Yeah, he, he basically <laughs> technically underpaid when you look at what he means <laughs> to the organization. He kind of underpaid he and he gave him a discount.
2: Man,
4: yeah, Pat, Pat Mahomes different, man. That, that boy, he, he
2: balling. So I always tell my kids, man, there ain't no pressure. You, you ain't got to be like me. Be you. Right, because you yeah. don't be like me, because I'm crazy, <laughs> and that's the only thing that matters. Being you, yeah, that's it.
4: Yeah, man. Hey, I know you watched the Last Dance, and obviously knowing that you played with Phil, arguably the best NBA uh, coach to ever coach the game, did you have a different appreciation for Phil and uh, Jordan relationship? I'm sure Phil shared some stories with you guys, but seeing that footage, did you have a different different appreciation for their relationship?
2: Reason why we brought Phil in because I needed somebody that can get us over the hump. Mm-hmm. So I knew when the guys, when they're looking at a general that knows what he's talking about, they're gonna believe him. Because right. we had guys like in timeouts they'd be like, "Right, oh, you scared?" So like, <laughs> we, we could just tell in your voice and look in your eyes. But with Phil, we just seen the like, mud man win six. So right. the man know what you talking about. So like, we we would always get to the Western Conference Final and get swept. I need somebody to come in with that resume. So when he in the locker room, he said, do this, do this, do this. The guys are confident. Because I always say, if the general doesn't panic, the troops won't panic. Yeah. So, so when he got left with the Bulls, I told Jerry West, I said, just get him in here. It's true. Well, we don't want to run the triangle. I said, so just bring him in. Because I know if we got a guy like that at the head of the table, everybody's going to follow suit. And you uh, saw when he first came in, we was we was rolling. You know, he told me, he said, look, man, you're you the best big man I've ever seen. Just do me a favor this year. No rap videos, no commercials, no nothing. If you play like the way I get to play, you're going you're gonna to be MVP and we're going to win the championship. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do that for you. And it worked. I and mean, I did the second year and I did it the third year. So, you know, the fact that he had that resume and he knew what he was talking about, the guys really, really believed in him.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, sp- and speaking of the current Lakers, you know, our Lakers, because you play for the organization. And I feel like I'm a part of the organization that's saying could be save a <laughs> pat because that's our favorite NBA team. So I'm going to say our, sure. our Lakers just mm-hmm. won a championship. Uh, LeBron currently has four. Uh, how many do you think he has left in the tank when you look at championship aspirations? How many do you think he can still get in, in throughout his career? And where do you see that conversation between LeBron and Jordan? When you talk about the goat and the greatest of all time. Do you think championships will provide an opportunity for LeBron to be closer to Jordan in that conversation? I know LeBron,
2: and I know he thinks about what people think. Yeah. So right now he has four. Once he gets five, right? Because just think about it. He already passed up Kobe and Jordan in points. Now once he gets five championships, now he would be closer to the goal. But as he gets five, he's going to be creeping on Kareem too. Mm. So I think he's looking to pass Kareem, Right. You yep. get the thirty nine thousand and then that'll automatically put him at the best player. And then if he ties Mike, I think people will probably lean a little bit more towards LeBron being the best the best player in the world. So like we look at we look at stats. Like right now, I'm not comfortable with people saying that Wilt or Shaq was the most dominant. I have more championships than Wilt. So the reason why I was trying to play those last two years, I was trying to pass him up in points. So now that I pass him up in points, I was going to boastfully and arrogantly say, I'm the best, most dominant big man ever. I don't care what you're talking about. I got four rings and I passed Wilt up in points. I don't want to hear his name no more, but he still has more points than me. So I don't mind people saying the most dominant guys that ever played a game were Wilt and Chad. But we look at stats. So I think LeBron's looking to to, to Ty Kobe and Ty LeBron uh, to Ty Jordan with championship, And I also think he's looking to pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The conversation probably will change.
4: I can definitely, I can definitely see that happening. But Shaq, we all know you got a very, very, uh, big personality, been in very, a lot of, uh, like you said, rap videos, commercials, movies. How do you view the role of media and especially former players in the media? When it comes to evaluating today's game and and talent.
2: They hire us former athletes because we have certain knowledge that regular guys don't have, right? Mm -hmm. And the second thing I say, do you guys have G14 classification to say certain thing about certain guys? Like a lot of times when we say things, a lot of people think it's hate. But I tell the young fellows all the time, no, 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 I got G14 classification. So if I'm saying something, What you need to do is look at what I'm saying, because really I'm just trying to help you, because guess what? I know what I'm talking about. Right. People, right? They're great players, but do they have the championship? Do they really know what they're talking about? That's why I'd be jumping on people sometimes, because I'm like, how do you know? I know. I've been, I've been to the promised land, and I've been anointed the king when I got to the promised land. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think, I, I like when I hear athletes talk. Some guys, uh, probably go overboard. Uh, I go overboard every now and then, but I don't go overboard in a hateful way. I go overboard in an informational way. Like a lot of people think I was jumping on Dwight Howard. No, man, I'm telling you how to be a great big man. 28, right. he's not you. I so I don't want him to be me. I want him to get 28, 15, so he can dominate. Yeah. But I like I like the role of athletes. You know, especially guys on the, on the NFL side, they they do a good job. They give me certain insight that I, I wouldn't know. And I hope we do the same thing at, at, at basketball. But, you know, I always say, you guys have G14 classification of be talking about players like that? And then as a player, if you're looking at a guy who wasn't a good player and he's talking trash, I know that really pisses you off because it used to piss me out. <laughs> like, bro, what the hell are you talking about?
4: Right. Yeah. Hey, so are, are you and Chuck really like that off camera though? Like how you guys are on camera?
2: Chuck is like the older brother I've ever had. Cause, <laughs> cause, I mean, cause one thing we understand, respect. Like, he don't say what he say, cool. I'm gonna say what I say, but the respect will never be lost. Yeah. Right. That's how, that's how I think it should be in life. People should be able to have their own views and their own opinions. You say it respectfully. Like, you can get loud, but I'm gonna get loud too. Like, we just, you know, keep the respect there. And that's the same thing with me and young fella. The respect was there. We could, he could say what he wants. I can say I outside. but if I get double-teamed, guess what I'm looking for? And when he get double-teamed, Look at the yeah, like people always, ah, oh, I said, bro, after I won the championship, who's the first guy to run the jump arms? Kobe. Exactly. So yeah. the way the media portrayed it, like we hate each other. No, I don't even know hate. It's just hate. difference of over it was, just, hey, no, want it was shoot. two alpha dogs going yeah. at it. That's, that's what I'm saying. I want to shoot. No, I want you to throw it inside. No, I want, I want you to <laughs> Hey, so, you know, respect was there, and I think that's why we was able to win three out of four But. You know, his mom and my mom had the same type of relationship. You should see them ladies playing cards and dancing <laughs> on the side. You know, his mom was a wonderful woman. And I didn't know that his mom and my mom were best friends until we got into the little fight. Wow. Really? Yeah, so so after we got into the little fight. Because I swung with the left because I wanted him to come on the inside because I was going to hit his ass with that nuclear. the <laughs> outside <laughs> did the little flip thing. So as soon as I got in the locker room security, I "Hey, man, it's your mom on the phone. So my mom and Charles' mom was on the phone. She's like, hello? I was like, hello? Like, this is, this is Charles mom. Y'all need to stop that. And I was like, who's this? She's like, and my mom was like, baby, that's Charles mom. We've been best friends for 20, like I didn't know they were the best friends. So, right? like we couldn't even take a shot. When I got in the hallway, Charles was already in the hallway because he's a mama's boy and my mama's boy. And I was like, much love. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey that's what's up that's what's up uh Ooh, hey real quick i was uh i got a, a big man question but is oh, it possible oh, oh, who the hell
2: is eric dabardinis
3: <laughs> oh that's that's yeah. our producer oh, <laughs> you,
2: See your face who you working for yeah, just- <laughs> hey he's, he's
3: the man like, behind you. the oh, scenes oh, oh, okay okay white guy okay okay <laughs> <laughs> Hey, right production. hey, 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 Shaq, he's a man when everything comes out in polish, he's going to have you looking real polished like you ready for that prom picture. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, when you look at the state of the big man in the NBA, um, which big man do you respect the most right now in the game?
2: he Slip made a point that a couple years ago that didn't make sense. He said the big guys of today are the products of the environment. So mm-hmm. let me explain. When I was coming in, I was watching Ewan and David Robson, guys that like to play. So when I was playing, big guys didn't want to come in and they didn't want that LSU funk. You understand? Know I'm saying Pat, so everybody started popping out, shooting jumpers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> him, Duncan, Garnett. So now the big guys that you see now, that's all they do. So I don't look. I guess to answer your question, I like the guy from Denver. I like the, the j- Joker. No Joker. I like to see what Demarcus Cousins is, is going to do. But I was see him. I would definitely make noise.
3: Yeah, if he's healthy, um, I mean, I think his trajectory—if he never—if he don't get hurt, man, Boogie was a dog. Oh man, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, man. If I'm Boogie, I'm looking at
2: that—I'm looking at that BS contract that your boy from Utah just got. Oh yeah, what do you think about that oh, contract? Yeah, we're gonna hey, man, Rudy, I, I mean, he
3: got 200 yeah, million,
2: Shaq. 200. I'm, I'm not going to hate, but this should be an inspiration to all the little kids out there. If you average 11 points in the NBA, you can get 200. <laughs> 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 you
3: know. do you, okay, so do you think Rudy got that 200 more so because of what he provides on the defensive end? And of course with the boards he bring in, because clearly scoring points has never been he's his specialty, concerned. but you know, he's okay. a defensive minded guy. Oh, do you sorry. think they rewarded him because of that skill set? Yeah stop it <laughs> i'm just trying to look at the silver line that's what i'm trying to look at trying to find the silver line
2: the silver line is he has a great agent and i'm happy for him and And with the new rules you know we have a, a pot of money you have to spend that money so right yeah correct i'm happy for him but this is a this is a moment for a lot of kids who think they can't make it because this is what happened to me when i was young because believe it or not i was a football guy see y- y'all didn't even know that
3: Nah, I didn't nah, know
2: that. Nah, what, nah, position nah. Play, you, did. what position you played, Shaq? What position you played? I was a hell of a tight <laughs> end. <Yeah. laughs> so, but, one day my father came up with a newspaper and he smacked me in the face. You guys familiar with the name John Conkett?
3: Nah, I'm not nah. familiar with that name.
2: Okay, so John Conkett, he was to Talk, guy. Huh? He played uh-huh. for Hawks. He signed for 15 for 3, which was, which was like the best contract ever then. So then my father said, get your ass ready, we're gonna go to the game. I went to the game, I saw this guy play, and I was like, you making five million doing that? Oh, I'm, I'm about to, so then I just, I mean, that was my whole thing. If he making five, I know I can get six or seven. Yeah. So then, so, so like, like all the kids that are big and can rebound and can play defense and can't really score and get like 10, 12, 15 points. This should be an inspiration for them, because if Rudy making 200 million, you should be able to make three hundred, four hundred when you come in, so. It's a, you know, teaching moment for everybody, but, cause I told my son that the other day, I said, bro, you, you, you messing around. Rudy just got 200 I and mean, he's not even a scorer like you. You and him the same size. You can play defense like that and you can stroke that thing. So if you're getting 200, you need to step your game up so you can get 600. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And no doubt about it. It will, it will inflate you it. every year. Yeah. yeah. Put Sharif in the right mindset at the gate. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, so Shaq, you was always a guy that you always talked about playing yourself in shape during the season. Obviously, you know, we've seen it all over. Everyone thinks James is a little, is a little out of shape. Do you still think playing your way in shape during the season is a good idea, especially in, in this day
2: and age? Of uh, yes. yes. Everybody is different. Mm-hmm. And remember, I played football slash basketball in the court. Right. So after, when I got done, I, I got to take a month off and I got to party a month. Mm-hmm. And then I start to get ready because I'm like, because I'm like getting shape for who? I can eat three burgers and bust anybody ass. <laughs> right. Robert I don't, I don't care. Like I'm, a, like you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna come in out of shape. People are gonna talk. I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna get pissed. And then, but I also game, that's when I'm gonna start to turn on. But while I'm doing that, I'm still giving you 15, because it's about this. It. And look at James, people are gonna think he's he's in shape.
4: He's still got
2: buckets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. You know, a lot of people have people have different bodies. Like I don't have the body that you have, Mr. Patrick Peterson. You know, I seen you with your shirt on and all your little muscles and you know, it's an eight pack. I don't have that anymore. So but I can still go be 20, 25 a night. So but you know that 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 you know that that was my whole thing. I'm like, I'm out. in the summertime, I got kids. I got to take them to Disney. I got to, got to do my daddy duties. Cause they, right. they sacrificed a lot for me during the season. Yeah. The summer, I got all that for them. I ain't got time to say, baby, I'm going to practice. They're like, daddy, can we go here? Can we go here? Can we go here? So I took care of that. And then playing, playing myself back in shape. That was going to be easy. Cause remember, right. who the hell was I getting ready for? Nobody's, nobody still had the numbers of that. Cause, it ain't about being shit. It's about right there. Because I know a lot of guys that have perfect bodies and can't play, right? Think yeah. about it. Football, yeah. too. Yeah. Like everybody can't catch, can't run, can't play. So none of that reminded me. And then James, I think he just broke one of my records, 40 double-doubles. I think. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, look, he's a player. You know, he's going to ball it. So. And he should do it as well. And what the hell are you doing with all them packages back there, man? What the hell are you doing not <laughs> are you talking about
4: me, yeah, man? You got one,
2: two, three, four, man. You got it. behind me, yeah, right there. Oh,
4: that's uh, oh, that's for my uh, my office guy. I don't know what he's sending off, man. I oh. can't even tell you, Shaq. <laughs> might be some yeah. shirts or
2: something.
3: <laughs> he was <almost> caught slinging. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, Shaq. Speaking of James Harden, do you think he's handling his situation the right way? Um, you know, with some of his antics, you know, away from the court.
2: I don't like to get into what people should, shouldn't do, because some people are sensitive.
3: Yeah, okay. I
2: know, I know you're asking me a question, and I would like to answer it, but I don't want to I, – I haven't talked to him yet. So a lot yeah. of times you say stuff and it goes viral, people think he's – Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to have to tell. But, look, you run your own brand, you run your own corporation, you do it like you're supposed to do it. It's just yeah. at some point, and unfortunately for us in all sports, you can be a great player – for as long as you want. but until you win, you don't get the validation from them, whoever that may be. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, that's the unfortunate about being a great athlete and a great player.
3: So what about this then? Your basketball expertise, your thoughts on the game. If he was to get traded, what do you think would be an ideal destination for him as a player and also for what that team potentially could need to get to that hump of competing for a championship, get over that hump to compete for a championship?
2: Be the best player in the world, but you still gotta sacrifice. Yeah. My sacrifice was fourth quarter, Kobe time. Especially if I'm not hitting free of those. First three quarters, bring it to me. I'm gonna get all these bums in fire trouble. i get everybody complaining. I'm gonna get us to come to the league. Fourth quarter, it's all yours. I give us some fourth quarters. I could have told him, but no, this, It's his time. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't like the dribble, 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 dribble shoot. You look at Golden State when they was on their top, it was pass, 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 pass. pass. Yeah. You know, I don't – it's going to be hard. Uh, unless he scores 50 or 60 every night, which is really hard to do, it's going to be hard trying to do it by himself. He needs to utilize his teammates. So if he goes to a team that has a lot of talent – like, remember when he was playing with OKC? OKC if they would stay mm-hmm.
3: together? Oh, man. Oh, it would have been deadly. Yeah, they would have been. forgot about, about it. Yeah. They just happened to get to the finals, I think, at the wrong time. They weren't mature enough for that moment. Nah, they, they weren't ready. I think if they stuck together, the next go-around – Man, they would have been special.
2: I just think you have to learn to sacrifice a no more. Like, look, when you got the ability to get 40, it's cool But I'm trying to get enough points for us to win, enough points for Pat to get his shots, for you to get your shot, everybody to be happy, everybody playing on a high level. Like, if you got guys not touching the ball and not being a rhythm, when it comes crunch time, they ain't gonna never be ready.
4: Yeah. All right, chat. All right, well, before we let you go, we got about right. five. Five, five super, uh, superlative uh question for you. So the first. You can't
2: spell superlative. <laughs>
3: superlative. <Hey>. superlative. <laughs> Do not write big words on the sheet. Hey Shaq, so what, what are you saying? What are you saying about that LSU uh, uh, education there? Huh? huh? What you saying about
4: LSU education? <laughs> Actually, the, the paper was down below my below my hand, so I was trying to look at the camera at the same time. You know that that media stuff they teach you, Shaq.
2: Yeah, I remember
4: exactly. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have my thing on my paper. I need something to hold it right here, so I can already have it there. But anyway, yeah. we are gonna get into our <laughs> superlative questions. Right, what ahead. is
3: the most absurd nickname that you have, or someone gave you? Godzilla gorilla. Godzilla, Godzilla gorilla. gorilla. All right, this is a big, this is a good one. I want to hear your take on this. Top five big men ever, ever in the game. Top five big men.
2: Kareem one, Bill two, Will three. Me four
3: Akeem five. Oh. Okay. Who who was on the outside looking in? Who would be that six guy if you had a have a
2: you and David Robinson? Those yeah. guys.
4: Gotcha. Best player uh best players to ever wear a Lakers jersey. Oh. Probably Magic
2: and Kobe. Mm, best no five players. Five. Give it give us five. Oh best five would be Magic, Kobe, Kareem, Shaq. Then you probably got to go with Bron, Bron.
3: Oh, you put Bron already in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Got to put him in there. All right. Toughest big man matchup throughout your career?
2: Never, because nobody played me one-on-one. Everybody doubled me like little girls.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, What about the toughest matchup for you to guard? Who was the toughest big man matchup to guard for you? Akeem Olajuwon,
2: because his footwork was crazy. No question. The dream. Yeah, his footwork was woo.
4: All right, last one, Shaq, from me, and uh we'll let you get out of here. I know watching MT- MTV Cribs growing up, you got plenty and plenty of freaking cars. What is your favorite car that
3: you ever owned?
2: My favorite car now is I got the Hellcat.
3: Uh, the convertible?
2: Yeah, yeah, I got
3: the convertible. I, I saw you riding in that yeah.
2: <laughs> I got a convertible Hellcat, I got a regular Hellcat, and I just got that
3: Demon. Okay, I so prefer- you got
2: all three. Yeah, cause I used to waste money trying to get those fancy cars, and then one day in my Hellcat, I blew a fancy car off the highway, I'm like, you know what? I ain't gonna spend 200, or 300,000, I could just spend 50. And I have something faster. What That's you awesome got
3: under, bad. what's under the hood of that Hellcat? What you got? 1100, and my damn
2: 1500. Mm, 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 mm. How, how fast, how <laughs> fast you got it up to? Uh, let me see. Cause you know I'm police, I ain't supposed to be talking about the fastest I got it was
3: Oh man. Hey, last one for you, Shaq. Last one for you. Uh, we know you, you have your own podcast as well, doing a great job. You know, you, you're a a global individual. So you probably, you've met the who's of who. Who would you love to have on your podcast as a guest, right? When you look at all the superstars and entertainers, who would you love to have on Um, your, on your podcast as a guest? Say Halle it again. Holly uh, Berry and Rihanna. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Man. Well, I'm pretty sure Shaq, you can make that happen, Shaq, right? Oh, that's easy. Uh,
2: nah. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. One time I was in the elevator and then, uh, Holly Berry came in the elevator by myself and I my got that stubborn and kicked <laughs> all the way in. I was like,
3: nah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you were nervous and starstruck? Uh, uh, bro, broke, froze. The oh, great Holly Berry. How, how, how long ago was this? This is like a 99. Oh, when Holly, oh, yeah, when she was still yeah, in her prime, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go, She
2: got out. She's like,
4: okay, Chiquita, I'll talk to you later. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we appreciate you, shot for coming on the show,
3: man, man. This is nothing but love. Go Tigers. No and you continue you know, doing
4: big things in, in the show biz, man. We love it.
3: Right, hey, bro. hey, hey! Real quick, Shaq, before we let you go, when the next time you get on the set with the guys, Ernie, Kenny, and, and Charles, can can we? Because you always chase Kenny to the board, right? And usually you beat Kenny. You you got a nice your five your first five yards is pretty nice, by the way. You still got some quick feet. But yeah. is it possible? Can we get? Can you get Charles to try to race Kenny to the board? I will. Oh, that would be dope Okay,
0: okay. Be gonna, be dope. we gonna,
3: we gonna we gonna be tuned in. I want to see Charles race Kenny to the board if that's possible.
2: I oh, be watching.
4: Thanks again to Shaq and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. If you missed it, there's an episode with Kirby Smart in the feed right now. We'll be back with you next Tuesday where you can expect All Things will be covered. Peace, Peace.